Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be, be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication and uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy filthy communications out of your mouth Lie not one to another, seeing that ye put off the old man with his deeds, and had put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, born nor free, but Christ is all and all. Shall we pray? Loving Father, We ask for your blessing upon the reading of the scriptures this morning and that you would open our hearts to the things that are here. Do speak through me, Lord, as I am able to speak, given that your spirit is able to do what I cannot. So I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd like to look at this passage. It may appear to be a little daunting to... uh, but I've got some, quite a few notes. But I do better without notes. <laughs> but anyway, I'll make an attempt at it. The title of the message this morning is Seeking the Things of Christ. Seeking the Things of Christ. Well, I suppose that may be a tall order, so to speak, as we uh, try to walk along the pathway of life and find ourselves uh, so easily distracted by many things that are going on around us. Um, But we know that uh, this particular truth is one uh, which is very important to each and every believer as we have come to faith in Christ. If you haven't yet come to faith in Christ, then... I trust that you will consider what I'm going to be saying so that you too can seek Christ even though you are looking to enter into the Lord by faith rather than take up the course of one who is a believer and already walking in faith. But the same thing is true. We are to seek the Lord. We are to seek the Lord. Um... Several areas I'd like to speak to this morning. First of all, set your affection on things above. On things above. And we know that affections are something that we, um, in a positive way, we, we, like to, we like to use 
when we pursue something. Like, you, for instance, if you were in a relationship and you have some affections toward another person, then you try to do whatever you can to please that person and to enjoy their company and and you might even do special things. Um, but when it's in our relationship with Christ, we know that our affections toward the Lord have to do with walking with Him in belief and in truth and in faith. And so to set our affections on things that are above doesn't mean that we abandon everything here. It just means that our main attitude is toward the Lord. Secondly, the believer will die to self while living out the things of Christ. And we, uh, we, as we get down in the passage here a little bit further, um, it talks about mortifying Mortifying, therefore, the members which are among you. And, of course, it's, it's talking about putting things out of your life in such a way that you completely end them. Um, but the believer will best do this um, while you're seeking the things of the Lord and living out Christ in your life. Because um, to get rid of something, we have to put something in its place. And the thing that we need to put in the place of many of the attitudes of the world and the pursuits of the world is Christ. We have to put Christ in first place. Uh, Thirdly, um, we need to live to glorify the life of Christ in you by denying certain fleshly old nature desires. Now, the old nature is that part of us that likes to um, be dominant at times. And um, somebody gave me an illustration yesterday about the old nature. And the person was saying to me, uh, I was at a a red light. And, um, you know, I couldn't go anywhere. But the car behind me started honking their horn at me and giving me very terrible gestures and um, all of a sudden the person says, I wanted to scream at the person and yell uh, something back. Because, I mean, what is that? I mean, you might say that's a natural response. Well, it is for people who don't know the Lord and are not under the control of the Spirit of God. Uh, you see, the old nature kind of flares up whenever it wants to, doesn't it? Well, that kind of old nature thing is, is, um, is always kind of in the background, so we have to be careful about that old nature which wants to reveal itself more and more. Um, but we have to deny the old nature, that, uh, that avenue of, of venting itself, because it doesn't show the life of Christ. It doesn't really talk about or give the true sense of faith, or the true sense of a walk with God, or the true sense of the peace of God in my life, or of His love for me. And as believers, we know that we need to look toward the Lord if we are to walk in faith. So first of all, let's begin with verses 1 through 4 
set your affections on things that are above. Colossians 3, 1-4 If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Where Christ sitteth. Well, you see, well, we've never been there, have we? We've never, we've, we've never been to the right hand of God, and we won't for a, a good, uh, for a time. I mean, because you know we'd have to die and go to heaven in order to be with the Lord, and uh, and so we we really haven't done that. But yet we're to set our affections on those things which are above with God. Um, but there is a verse of scripture which kind of helps us with this thought. Um, and it's, if you want to turn there, you can, but I have it printed out here so I could read it without making you turn. But it's in Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. So you'd only have to back up a little bit in your Bible from where you are. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Now the part of that passage I want you to kind of focus on is this. It says, for our conversation is in heaven. That is, our manner of life is in heaven. The word conversation in this particular case means how we are living. How we are living. So the way we live is supposed to be more heavenward than, than earthbound. Uh, because Jesus is our Savior. Because Jesus is the one who will change our bodies and make it like unto His glorious body one day. And so we find that um, our affections then, our true desires, our true attitude ought to be toward God and seeking to live a manner of life that is more heavenward. Now someone has said, you know, you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Well, um, you don't have to go into seclusion to be a good Christian. You don't have to go into a monastery. You don't have to uh, take some... uh, vow of poverty you don't have to in other words you can be a Christian right where you are doing what you are doing and living for the Lord right in your particular setting and see that's your manner of life that's, that's your your conversation that you are living out your, your manner of communication you are living out is right where you are and God wants you to live right where you are. Only He wants you to live for Him. You see. You have to seek the things of Christ right where you are in your manner of life. And so we would say that we would then need to concentrate on the eternal rather than the temporal. We need to concentrate. Well, Jesus said, lay up your treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt or thieves cannot break through and steal. Well, I, you know, in today's culture, everybody's afraid they're going to get ripped off or something. I mean, there's surveillance cameras everywhere. 
Um, used to be you could walk down a country road and, and nobody would be watching. You'd just be walking along enjoying the scenery. But today you never know if there's a camera pasted on a tree beside of you or not. And they could be just watching you. This is a surveillance society we're in, and it's very difficult sometimes to, you know, to um, to live in that kind of a setting. Uh, but we need to concentrate on the eternal and not the temporal, because uh, we find that God desires us to uh, be truly looking toward Him, seeking Him in our daily life. Well. I'd like to have refer to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18 at this point. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to... Help them that are tempted. Now the point that I want to make out here is this. Jesus is able to help them that are tempted. You, me. Jesus is able to help us who are tempted. Why? Because he is that Savior who came and died for our sins. You see, we need to concentrate on the eternal rather than the temporal. Because Jesus is able to help us. King James uses the word sucker, but it isn't spelled the same as we might use the word nowadays. It means help. Jesus wants to help us in, in our temptations. In other words, you know, as we are living out our life in, in today, Jesus wants to help us. Um, and he is there to help us because he knows that temptation will eventually come our way. And we need that kind of help that he can give to us. The help of one who has come and died for our sins and, and lives in heaven for us because he ascended to the right hand of the Father and because we have been called to walk in faith. You see, Jesus wants to help us. So remember that as you set your affections on things above, as you try to seek Christ in your life, remember that your true citizenship is in heaven. Remember that you are to concentrate on the eternal and not the temporal only. And we recognize that God is there to, to help us. My wife had this little plaque, you know, for some years and it was in the kitchen right on the wall and one of her, um, one of her friends, uh, Christian friends, gave it to her. And it says on the little plaque, it's just a little plaque like with a heart uh, and this little saying on it and it says, In my father's house are many mansions. I hope mine is right next to yours. You know, this lady 
when she made that little plot. She had that attitude of seeking the eternal. Seeking the eternal. Seeking Christ. I hope my mansion is right next to yours. You know, we, we need that, don't we? We want to... We want to go to heaven, but we want to be with those who also go to heaven. And so, we, we need to be right with God. That He may use us and be blessed as we seek the things that are Christ. Of course, this illustration is one of heavenly hope, an attitude of heavenly seeking, you might say. For what you have set your heart upon, that will be the thing you will seek and set your affections on. Secondly, the believer will die to self. The believer will die to self while doing one thing, living out the things of Christ. That's how we die to self. By living out the things of Christ. You know, sometimes we come to a, a passage in, in the Scriptures and we just focus on the negative aspect of it. But the only reason is pointing out the negative aspect of it because we need to focus upon the positive thing that will get us to do the hard thing. And so let's read further here in chapter 3 and verse 2. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear, you shall also appear with him in glory. Now, so the thing of it is here, you have a secret life. And your secret life is this. You are hid with God in Christ. Your life is hidden with God in Christ. You see, the world doesn't see that, of course. The world doesn't see that. But you are supposed to recognize it, you see. That your life, your life is hid with Christ. That's, just, that's a sec- kind of a secret life that you know. And that you are to live out. You're to live out that life of Christ in you. And God has, has given you that. And so, He wants you to, to live in such a way as to set your affections on things above and to recognize that you died with Christ when you accepted Him as your Savior. The you part of you is the part that is so dominant in the world. And the, the part of you that is, that is hid is that life of Christ in you. And so you have the secret life of Christ in you that you are to live out. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. See, that's the, the end result, isn't it? We're, we're looking to appear with Christ in glory. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, that's, a, that's when the, 
the full realization of all that which is in Christ will be made known to us when the Lord comes to take us home to be with Him. And so, as we continue in this life, the believer will die to self while living out the things of Christ. That's how we are to do that. Now see, Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, yet nevertheless I live. Yet the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now see, there's the secret life right there. The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now you you may be saying, I don't do such a good job at that. Okay, we all need to admit our problems. But that doesn't mean that you don't have that secret life. It doesn't mean that God didn't die for you. Jesus' Son didn't die for you. It doesn't mean that you can't um, fulfill what the Scripture is, is indicating here. You can live for Christ, and as you live for Christ, you will die to self. You will mortify the deeds of the flesh as you do that. Uh, we, we like to do it the other way around. We like to say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to kill that thing. I'm not going to do that thing anymore. And, and uh, we, you know, we beat ourselves over the head every time we fail at it. But the thing we need to do is to concentrate upon living for the Lord. And the other thing will fade away. And so in verse 5 he says, Mortify therefore your members which are among you, uh, that are, excuse me, which are upon the earth. And of course the focus there would, should be, we should, we should understand he's talking about those things on the earth, um, rather than he- in heaven. The things in heaven are yet to be attained, and they are ours because Christ has made them possible, the things in heaven. But the things on earth, you see, those things he mentions here are the ones that we, of course, need to put off. Uh, he says, um, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Oh, we all understand what all of those things are. We really don't need to, you know, detail all the nitty-gritty of what those things mean. We, 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 every, every time we read them, we get a sense of what it is. And obviously those things need to, be, need to be completely eradicated from our life. And that's what he's talking about here. And um, remember, he is, he's writing to other believers. This is to the church at Corinth. These were believers, Christians, and they, they had had their uh, time in, in the world and in the, doing these very things and well, isn't it interesting um, that all the entertainment today on Netflix and um, some of the other venues where you can watch movies is murder and some kind of immorality and it's hard to find anything on those kind of venues to actually watch and not watch somebody shooting something, somebody or some other immoral act going on. 
Don't you find that to be true? I mean, there, there are some people, you know, they're paying large amounts of money to watch some of these venues, and the only thing the world has to offer is these things. These things right here. That's all the world has to offer. And they just fill the movie screens with it, and they call it entertainment. Well, I don't want to watch somebody shooting somebody every single minute or some immoral act going on. I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, you, you like to watch a good wholesome movie, something that has a decent storyline to it, something where, where good prevails over evil, and uh, where there's a good moral uh, ending to it. Um, but it's difficult to find uh, anything like that because they, they're, filling the, they're filling those uh, internet slots with a lot of other things which are not good at all. They're not good. But we find that for us as believers, if we really want to, to get away from any kind of these things influencing our life or becoming a part of our life, the only way we can do it is to set our affections on the things of the Lord. And we can do that while living out the things of Christ. That's how we can do it, by living out the things of Christ. And, of course, there's a lot of things we can do to, to do that. Uh, but the first thing we have to do is to recognize that's how it's done, you see. That's how it's done. That's how we get rid of those other things, is keep concentrating on the things which... God blesses us with. Blessed is a man who walketh not, like in the Psalm 1, doesn't walk, in, don't walk with the ungodly, but rather the godly, you see. And God wants us to, to do the kinds of things that bring glory to Him and truly honor Him. And so... Um, put off the old man. Uh, we might say, like, actually, the actual meaning here is taking something off and putting something else on. It carries that kind of concept, and it's like changing changing a set of clothing. You know, you've, you've been outside and you've been working hard, and you come in, and first thing you want to do is get cleaned up and take those old clothes off and put something clean on, and and, and really to uh, get more comfortable, right? Well, we're not, we shouldn't be comfortable with sin and the kind of things that the old nature wants you to get involved with. So we need to take off some old clothes, as it is, and put on some new. And the clothing that best fits the believer is the things of Christ to love your neighbor as yourself, to love your enemy if possible, as much as life within you. I mean, if your enemy won't reciprocate, then okay, you can only be one-sided. But And to do those things which are good and right in the sight of God, to believe His Word, to trust in Him, to walk in faith and to live out your life in a way that you believe would honor the Lord and give you a clean conscience, you might say, 
because Christ wants us to, to live in faith with Him. And so in verse, verse 6 of chapter 3, he says, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Now see, the aforementioned in verse 5, those are the things that will cause great judgment to fall upon those who pursue them. And sometimes it's judgment which comes upon them because of a natural process of what one sows, that will they also reap, you see. So somebody who's living an immoral life, um, they may die because of some kind of disease or something. Or they may be jailed, or they may be... Um, there may be some other consequences. They may have a, may have a broken marriage. They may, there's all kinds of things that can happen if somebody is, is living in a very immoral way. But you see, at the end, at the end, when the person dies, there will be a judgment as well. And that judgment will bring even further consequences. Now, some people that think they're going to escape it, but if we believe what the Word of God says, then... We know that isn't true. Nobody's going to escape judgment. The judgment of the unsaved is a very just judgment, but it's one that God must make because we find that they have not only rejected the Lord, they have lived for themselves to such a degree that they have shown their rebellious hearts toward God. Why do you think that God judged the first civilization that came into the world at the time of Adam and Eve. Now how long that period of time was, whether it was 2,000 years or 4,000 years or, or 6,000 years, I suppose we're not fully uh, know exactly how long that period of time was, but God judged that antediluvian period, the, the people of that civilization before the flood. God judged them. In fact, it seemed it was such a universal judgment that there wasn't anybody else alive except those recorded that were saved, Noah and his family. Now that is truly terrible when you stop and think about it, that they brought such judgment upon themselves. Civilization had degraded that bad. Well, I don't know about you, but Jesus' words that he, he said in the Scriptures kind of haunt us at times. Words like, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man as it was in the days of Noah. You know, that, that's a pretty haunting statement. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. And it seems like the world is on a fast track for it to happen. And it isn't anything that's pleasing to anybody, I'm sure, to think about that. But there was no smiley face on the door of the ark when all the people were trying to escape the great flood. No, God's judgment was falling upon a whole civilization of people because of their great sin and turning away from God. God had to judge them because of their great sin. Just like He had to judge Sodom and Gomorrah because of their great sin. 
And it it really speaks to us that you know that these kinds of things, these kinds of sins that he talks about here, will bring judgment. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. You see, the children of disobedience, those who disobey the word of God, those who who are in rebelliousness against God, those who have rejected Christ, those who do not know the Lord. In verse seven in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. Oh, wow. So, he come, Paul comes right out and says, that, well, you also walked in these same sins. You know, we, we like to think that we are so good sometimes, don't we? And we don't want people to know the bad things that we have done. And I would advise that you didn't go around telling anybody of the bad things that you have done. Every time you dig up the old dead rooster, he still stinks. He doesn't smell any better. And there's no sense going around telling everybody your, your dark, darkest sins. God, it's enough that God knows them. And because of his mercy and grace, you know, he saves us. So don't get into that thing, you know, some support group where you've got to tell all your darkest sins just so somebody else knows and, and make somebody else feel better that they're, you know, that they're no worse than you are. Don't bother with it. If you want to tell somebody about your darkest sins, tell Jesus. Ask him to forgive you and he will do it. And that is sufficient. That's enough because he's the one that can save unto eternal life. Well, so Paul says to him at Corinth, he says, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. So, you know, he says, I, I, I know you've been there, folks. So that's enough. That's enough to say that. Nobody else needs to know. But now ye put off all these. And so we find that to, to really live for the Lord, the best thing to do is to live out the life of Christ. Concerning your new life in Christ, um, I'd like to look at another passage. This is in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, and it says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, who hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so here we need to focus on this, that you and I are a new creation in Christ when we come to the Lord and seek his forgiveness. We become a new creation in Christ. Remember that secret life of Christ in you? You see, once Christ has come into your life and you know what it is to live the life of Christ by faith, you see, you are, new, you are a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. In other words, you have new pursuits. You have new desires. You have new affections. You have a new attitude. That, should, that is the case. That is what it means to seek the life of Christ, is to have all of that and recognize it. Yes, so those other areas uh, 
will crop up from time to time. They will want to have some dominance. The old man will want to present itself, but you need to turn him away, you see. A.W. Pink, who was a quite a Bible scholar and one that um, printed off studies and sent them to a number of people and pastored churches in his own right, uh, one of the things that he said was this, have old things passed away yet? A question. Have old things passed away yet? You see, it, it, it's one of those questions that is so open-ended that it takes a little bit for us to think about it because we know the old things always want to come back. Have all things passed away yet? Have they truly passed away? Well, we of course we have to make sure that they do. We, me, we need to make sure that they do pass away. That they're no longer a part of our life. And so that takes us to the last element here of the message this morning. Live to glorify the life of Christ in you by denying the fleshly desires of the old nature. Live to glorify the life of Christ in you by denying the fleshly desires of the old nature. So the old, we don't have to study the old nature. He, he, we already know the old nature. We don't have to study that one. But to try to live out and glorify the life of Christ, that secret life of Christ in us, and now we've got to we've got to put ourselves to the test through the scriptures to do that. As we have to read it, we have to apply it to our life. We have to keep going back and checking to make sure that we're following the right program here when it comes to the the, the scriptures and how we can best implement that uh, in our life. You see, and one of them is to put on the armor of light. The armor of light. The light, of course, the light is the light of the Word of God. And armor, we know what armor is. Well, in Romans chapter 13, verses 12 through 14, I'd like to read these words. That's Romans 13, 12 through 14. It says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the loss thereof. So to put on the armor of light, we have to cast off the works of darkness, that is anything that that is not... Uh, honoring to the Lord, we need to cast that aside. We need to walk honestly, that is uprightly, godly, in a in a manner which is which is pleasing to God, and to avoid those other areas that He talks about here. Now that isn't so difficult if we're just seeking to live out the the secret life of Christ in us. Sometimes, you know, when we, when we read the Scripture, it gives us a whole litany of things, and it sounds like we've got to do all these things. 
But really what it's saying, if we really, really walk with the Lord, if we really seek to live out the life of Christ in us, all of those other things will be taken care of. They'll be taken care of. We will be denying those fleshly desires that sometimes want to be dominant. Secondly, lay aside every weight or or sinful desire. Now, in this one, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. What does he tell us here? He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now in this particular passage, the emphasis is that we are to lay aside a a certain weight of sin, a certain kind of uh, weight. Now it's kind of the illustration is like a runner who is running a race. And um, the... I'm sure you've seen marathon runners and, and they don't carry around a lot of baggage when they're running a marathon, do they? No, they, they're, they have clothing on, but it's very light clothing and it's clothing that they can run freely in and there's no encumbrance at all. And see, that is the kind of, of thing we need to achieve. We need to run without encumbrance without the encumbrance of, of sin, of things that are dragging us down. And so we find we need to lay aside all the weight or encumbrances that sometimes drag us down in our spiritual walk. And we need to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The third thing that we can do is found in James chapter 1 in verse 21 to 25 and this one tells us we're to look in a mirror we're to look in a mirror he says wherefore laying apart all filthiness and superfluity or the numerous kinds of things of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if ye be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed indeed. So, I want to focus on one particular phrase here, and that is this. God's word is like a mirror. That's what James is saying. God's word is like a mirror. And when you look into the mirror, you can tell how you look. The mirror is God's word. And every once in a while, it's good to take a good look in the mirror. You know, when you get up in the morning, you 
go, you go into the bathroom, you get cleaned up, and you look into the mirror and you take a brush or a comb and, and you're looking into the mirror and you wonder, who's that person staring back at me? Because <laughs> we keep changing, don't we? But, but the mirror is a good reflector of how we look at that moment. And so if we keep looking into the mirror, if we keep looking into God's Word, He will reveal to us the things that we need to do. The Scriptures is always the best counselor. You know, you, you don't need to tell some, somebody else tell you what's wrong with your life. You already know. And when you want to double check to make sure that you got it right, just go to the Bible and start looking into the mirror. And as you do, you'll discover the thing that needs to be cleaned up a little bit. You see? See, live to glorify the life of Christ in you by denying the fleshly desires of the old nature. And so we need to live to glorify the life of Christ in us. Why? Because we are living stones and we have been chosen of God. That's why. You see, God has done a work for us and in us. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, this will be the last verse I'll, area I'll be reading. He says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto living stones, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. You see, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Isaiah 28:16. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And you are lively stones, which have been chosen of God to put in that great edifice called the church of Jesus Christ. You are, a, you are part of the building block of that church that Jesus is building. You are. Each one of you. And so it is that God has chosen you as a lively stone, a living stone in the church. Now see, the, the church is the body of Christ. It's represented as Christ being the head and everybody else being members within, within the church of Jesus Christ, the universal body of Christ. And it's also likened unto this, this great edifice the temple, as it were. Jesus, the chief cornerstone of it, and you, a living stone in it, because God has chosen you. You see? And so, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Set your affections on the things of the Lord. Seek the things of the Lord, and you will die to the fleshly desires 
glorify the life of Christ in you and you will die to the sins of the old nature you see these are spiritual truths they're ones that don't go out of fashion for the believer they never change they stay the same and we never outgrow them and every one of us need them and they are the things that make us what we are because Christ came and died for our sins according to the scriptures he that is seated at the right hand of God right now seek those things which are of Christ set your affections on things of Christ glorify the Lord and he will bless you for our closing hymn let's turn to 285 uh, we made a little change so 285 when the roll was called up yonder you